The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Churchill said, those who fail to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. Kevin Hallinan believes that certainly applies to business. Welcome to Winning Business Radio here at W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. And now, your host, Kevin Hallinan. Welcome back to Winning Business Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Hallinan. The mission of this show as regular listeners know, is to offer insights and advice to help people avoid the mistakes of others. Quite simply, to learn best practices, you know, the how-tos, the what-tos, the what-not-tos, and then to be challenged and, of course, to be inspired by the successes of others. And it's interesting that every person who has success that I've ever talked to has also had failures in their lives and careers somewhere along the way. So while we all have to get our knees skinned once in a while, I'm driven to keep those scrapes from needing major surgery. Let's learn from history so we don't repeat it. Today, my guest is Tom O'Rourke, president of the Neponset River Regional Chamber of Commerce, formerly the Neponset Valley Chamber of Commerce. Here's Tom's bio. Tom became the president of NRCC in August 2010 after serving five years as the president of the Newton Needham Chamber of Commerce. Now in its 125th year of service, we'll talk about that, the Neponset River Regional Chamber has more than 500 member businesses in a 12-town region southwest of Boston. As president, Tom is responsible for working with the board of directors to carry out the strategic initiatives set by the board. Tom has 27 years of experience working in nonprofit and chamber of commerce management. Prior to joining the Newton Needham Chamber, he served as president of the United Way of Greater Plymouth County and before that, the Plymouth Area Chamber of Commerce. He began his career as director of membership development at the Neponset Valley Chamber of Commerce. Tom qualified three times for the National Association of Membership Development's prestigious National Award for Excellence and won the award in 95. Tom has been a presenting speaker on membership and board governance issues at several regional and national Chamber of Commerce conferences. Through the years, Tom has served on the board of directors of many civic and professional organizations, including the New England Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, the Massachusetts Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives, including two years as president, the Metro Southwest Regional Employment Board, the Newton Cultural Council, the National Association for Membership Development, the Plymouth Rotary Club, Neponset Valley Sunrise Rotary Club, Quincy College at Plymouth, the Irish Cultural Center of New England, he must be Italian, and currently serves on the Boston Metropolitan Planning Organization. Tom earned his uh, certified chamber executive CCE designation in 2008 and is a graduation, a graduate, excuse me, of the Institute for Organization Management, a program sponsored by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. He has a B.A. in history from the University of Lowell, where he was also a captain of the football team. Tom's wife, Jean, is the chief executive officer for the Walnut Hill School for the Arts in Natick. Tom resides in Norwood, Mass., Loves to play fish, uh, loves to fish, sorry, from his kayak and care for his vegetable garden. Wait for it. As he says, the fish have a better chance of living than the vegetables. Good line. (laughs) And he's got six kids who he says still don't know what he does for work. So, Tom, welcome to Winning Business Radio. Thanks for being here. Kevin, thanks. It's great to be here. I'm starting to feel old listening to that. Uh, <laughs> That's, those are a lot of mouthfuls right there, a lot of association names. 
I do want to just say that my wife uh, is not the chief executive officer. She's the chief creative officer. I don't want to get her in any trouble. So Okay. You know what? I, I, that's because I read creative as chief. It's just one of those things. My fault, not yours. <laughs> Disclaimer, Tom is safe. Um, okay. So let's go over your background uh, just a bit. You grew up locally. Yeah, I did. I was, uh, I was born in Boston, and, uh, but spent most of my life living here in the town of Norwood. So describe Norwood for po- folks that don't know the area and then tell us what it was like growing up there. Sure. Yeah. Norwood's a great town. It's a uh, it's a suburb of Boston, just a few miles outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a working class community and um, it's uh, it, it's really situated nicely close to Boston, Providence, Cape Cod, New Hampshire. So you can get anywhere from here mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a lot going on. It's got a great um, commercial base. Uh, mm-hmm. So our tax rate is pretty low. Uh, as a result of that, it's a business-friendly community, and uh, and that makes it nice, you know, being in my field to work with the Chamber of Commerce. It's nice to work in a community uh, that's open and welcoming to businesses. So your family moved from Boston out to Norwood at about what about what age? Yeah, I was uh, I was nine years old, and wow. um, we we moved out of out of Boston to the country, uh, <laughs> you know, to uh, to Norwood. It was uh, it was quite a change. Yeah. But um, but really um, a, a great, great town to grow up in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been lucky enough to raise my own kids here in this town, uh, yeah. just uh, just about a quarter mile from where I grew up. So it's it's nice. That's great. So tell us about your your family growing up, parents, careers, uh, siblings. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, my dad was a, a Boston police officer mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, he served during some difficult times in the 70s and 80s during yeah. busing. Uh, the busing crisis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was that was interesting, but um, he had a, a nice career uh, as a, as a police officer. And uh, my mother, uh, for most of our young lives, was a stay-at-home mom. And then she went back to work, and and she ended up having a nice career working at Norwood Hospital here, the community oh, hospital, yeah. where she was a, uh, a served in the development office. Um, they used to do some fundraising events, so it was kind of cool because she had a. a uh, fundraising background, which I was able to sort of pick her brain as I got into chamber yeah. work and we did our own yeah. fundraising. So we would share ideas and, and swap stories about stuff like that. Uh, she was there for, I think, 25 years before she retired. And uh, she retired just in time because after she did, the uh, the hospital was sold to a for, for-profit mm-hmm. uh, steward healthcare, And so they don't have a fundraising department anymore, a development office. So she got out just in time. So like mother, like son. That's right. In yeah. that case, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and occasionally our paths would cross on, yeah. on projects we were working on. So that That's was always fun. nice, yeah. What were some of your earlier interests? You know, I was originally um, planning to be a school teacher, mm-hmm. and that's what I went to, uh, to grad school for was – uh, to be to, to get my teaching certificate and mm-hmm. back at, at the time I wanted to be a high school social studies teacher and a football coach and, sure. uh, and and I thought it was I was all set you know and I did coach football for a couple of years but the teaching profession at the time there were no jobs for social study teachers in Massachusetts if I wanted to do that I would have had to go to Arizona or Texas or someplace like that wow. where the jobs were in demand and I didn't want to do that so I ended up um, looking around for something else and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and uh, ended up going to work at uh, an insurance company uh, selling insurance. And I was a terrible insurance salesman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it got to the point where I, I would I – would, uh, visit with people and talk to yeah. them about our products and services. And then after the meeting, I would say, you know, 
I wouldn't buy anything from me. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have the life experience. I was young and I didn't have the life experience. I felt to, to really, uh, mm -hmm. you know, s sell those products meaningfully. Yeah. And, um, but while I was there, I got some great sales training and I became a member of the chamber of commerce and I, as a, a networking opportunity. Right. So I would go to networking meetings at the chamber and I hated them. It was it was painful. It, it, networking is an unnatural act, I think, you know, for a lot of people. So yeah. I would go to these meetings. I would dread them. And uh, but while I was there, I met the president of the chamber. And as I was uh, quickly realizing that insurance wasn't for me and I started mm -hmm. to think about other things to do. Uh, he approached me uh, because they were looking for somebody to go out and sell membership to the community, to the businesses in the community. And I thought, you know, I've got the sales training and I know the community. Um, I'll give it a try. And I was lucky enough to get hired. That's and the rest is history. That's great. So you played football in college. You were the captain of the team. Very impressive, if you don't mind me saying. And <laughs> there are a couple things that I, I'll mention one now and I'll mention one later. But there are very few, few people, one, that can say they played college football and two, even fewer that can say they were a captain. So that's pretty cool. It, it was an honor. I, I really, um, I, I loved football all my life. Yeah. I played all my life. And, uh, and, and when I went to college, I originally went to Boston College mm -hmm. uh, because it was a, an educational opportunity that I felt I couldn't pass up, even though I knew that I was not going to play football there. I said, yeah. well, that's, that's the end of that. And uh, after a couple of years at BC, I still had that urge, I, the, you know, the, the itch to play. And uh, I ended up transferring out and going to Lowell yeah. because there I could continue uh, to study history, but also uh, to get back on the football field. And that meant a lot to me. And it really made a difference. Uh, my grades went up. You know, well, that's I was, awesome. I was that was doing, one of the questions I was going to ask. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, I, you know, I always found that I, I did much better when I was playing a sport and, and, and with football, you, you know, you focus more and, mm. and you and you got to schedule your time. Mm -hmm. And and I was able to do that much better when I was playing uh, football. So, uh, yeah, the grades improved. I did much better as a student. And, um, and I had a great time playing football and, and had a lot of good friends. Probably still do. Still do. Uh, yeah, I was just with one of them the other day. That's cool. Yeah. And you have six kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed six times. I yeah. Guess, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we've, I've got four kids, uh, who are in their twenties mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I, I got divorced and remarried and my wife and I have uh, 13 year old twin girls. That's fantastic. So what are they, the 20 year olds, what are they into? What do they do? Uh, thank God they're all doing well. You know, my, my oldest works for uh, national grid mm -hmm. and, uh, he's, he's doing great. Uh, going to be getting married next year. So congratulations. That. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and then my daughter is um, married and just had a child three months ago. So I became a grandfather yeah. a few months back. That's fantastic. Uh, so that's that's a whole new dimension to, to life, which which I'm loving. Yeah. And, um, she's married to uh, to a great guy who's uh, uh, an army uh, veteran and uh, mm. served in uh, Afghanistan and has a highly decorated uh, veteran. So uh, uh, they're doing they're doing great. And fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And my son, uh, my, my next son is, uh, just got a job here in Norwood, uh, working for home market foods, uh, which oh, is a local yeah. manufacturer. Yeah. And, uh, so that's great. So he's moved back in with us now that he's working close by. Uh, so that's good. It's, uh, 
our food bill has gone up considerably, <laughs> um, but it's well worth it. And uh, and then my daughter uh, just graduated UMass Amherst and has uh, and and went right into a grad program, so she's back in school already, mm-hmm. uh, pursuing her uh, uh, doctorate in physical therapy. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic. I don't know if you saw that. There's a listener question or comment this time that said, thank your son for his service. And I was going to oh, say the same. So absolutely will. will make do. sure you pass that on. Yes. All right. So tell us, you started to, but tell us how you got involved or interested rather in the nonprofit world and in particular, um, Chambers of Commerce. Yeah, I always had an in giving back and I, and I did a lot of volunteering when I was younger when I was college we went on a uh, uh, trip with the uh, the Newman Center uh, at, at our school we went to Appalachian Georgia over Christmas break and uh, spent a week down there doing some volunteer projects and I really enjoyed that sort of giving back side of things yeah and then through the chamber uh, you know when I got introduced to the chamber I realized that while it was a business organization it was also a community organization right. an organization that that contributes to the community as well as just the business community mm-hmm. so, so that interests me a lot and um, so when I get into it I mean it sounds cliche but I really loved the job from the first day yeah yeah, yeah. and then United Way um, you know we see that name in ads uh, public service announcements and whatnot what exactly does the United Way do yeah so the United Way is uh, is probably the premier uh, nonprofit fundraising organization in the country and they what they do is they work with companies to do in-house uh, employee giving campaigns mm. and it allows companies the opportunity uh, to, to work together uh, to, to contribute money to a cause but the United Way supports so many organizations within their communities that you you're not um, you're not pigeonholed into one organization. So if you want to direct your money towards the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA or or um, the ARC, whatever whatever organization there is, you can you can direct your money that way, or you can just give to the general fund, and and, and obviously they know how to distribute it to where mm-hmm. the needs are. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time studying the needs in the community, and and that's important. So. They make sure the money goes to where it's needed most. And and where it's supposed to go. And where it's supposed to go right. and, no, and, and with as little overhead as possible. Too. Right, right. That's good to know. So describe the work you do now. Oh, it's uh, – it's there's a lot of different things, a lot of different aspects to it, and uh, so you know the the basic thing is just managing the day to day operations of of the chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, I work for a board of directors, so the board helps to sort of set the direction uh, and say, you know, these are the things we want to focus on, and then mm-hmm. it's my job to work with the staff, and we're a small staff; there's only three of us, uh, but to work with the staff and with volunteers uh, as well on carrying out the the direction that the board has set. Uh, so every day is a little bit different. Uh, we get involved in a lot of different things, and, uh, and, and, and and I interact with a lot of different people, which is really cool. It's one of the things I love most about the job is the different yeah. folks that I get to work with. Great. Hey, we're going to take our first break right here. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Tom O'Rourke. You're listening to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan on W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. Don't go away. More helpful information is coming right up, right here on Winning Business Radio.
Have you ever dreamt of being on the radio? Well, now is your chance. Be a radio show guest on the number one ranked internet radio station and promote you and your business for free. Yes, you heard it, free. Business advertising right here on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 now to get booked on one of our shows. That's 561-506-4031. Get your free advertising now. You can tell what's wrong with a car just by sitting next to it at a red light. You can tear down a big block engine in 26 minutes. You know cars. We can help you find more of them to work on. And together, we can get your small business moving in the right direction. At AT AT&T Advertising Solutions, we have more ways to reach more people. With print, online, mobile, and direct marketing, AT&T Advertising Solutions has local advertising experts to help your small business find more customers. Call 1-800-GET-REAL to learn more. AT&T. Rethink Possible. Be seen, be heard on the Internet's number one ranked radio station right here in West Palm Beach. What a way for your business to have a voice. Now is the time to advertise your business on W4CY.com. Call 561-506-4031 for a deal you won't refuse. Again, that's 561-506-4031. Don't wait. Call now. Hi, this is Ian Hill, and you're listening to W4CY Radio. And now back to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan, presenting exciting topics and expert guests with one goal in mind, to help you succeed in business. Here once again is Kevin Hallinan. We're back with Tom O'Rourke, president of the Neponset River Regional Chamber of Commerce. Um, I saw a quote that I got a kick out of, Tom. It said uh, that you like to say, or you get have the opportunity to comment fairly regularly, yes, this is my real job. So <laughs> what what's behind that comment? <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, we mentioned that the chamber is run by a board of directors mm-hmm. and, and that we have a chair of the board. Uh, for the for the uh, for the chamber, and so those are all volunteers. And a lot of times, when people meet me, they think that I'm the the volunteer leader of the chamber, and so <laughs> they want to know what I what I really do for work. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I have to say this this actually is what I do. It's a, it's a paid position that uh, that I that I when we have a small staff and I work with the staff at the chamber. So uh, yeah, I, I was asked just the other night at one of our functions the same question again. You know, what what do you really do? You know, and uh, say this is what I do. <laughs> and you seem to really love it. I do. Yeah, it's great. Um, I, I can't, it, you know, it's funny because growing up, it, it, it's not something I ever considered. I never even really heard of a chamber of commerce or knew that there was a career uh, available in chambers of commerce. And once I discovered that and went to, you know, we have a national convention. I went to the first national convention and realized, wow, there's thousands of people that do this. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you get to know them and, and find out what makes them tick and how they operate. And obviously you learn a lot from them, but you find out that it's really, a, it can be a nice career. And, and, and I'm lucky enough that it's, it's turned out that way. Um, but yeah, it, I, I love it. As I said, it's it's the people that make it great for me. Uh, I get to work with uh, the board of directors. I get to work with mm-hmm. the members. I get to work with the local school uh, administrators. I get mm-hmm. to work with politicians, uh, state, local, sometimes federal. Um, so it's really a broad uh, mix of folks that you get to interact with and, and, and try to make things happen with. 
So I want you to describe the difference here. Uh, I think people outside of maybe a metro area might consider the chamber as a kiosk somewhere and they hand out brochures for the town, right? You call them if you need a bed and breakfast. Couldn't be farther from the truth here. So describe that that difference. If somebody has no idea what, what the Neponset River Regional Chamber does, give us that picture. Yeah, um, you're right. It used to be, and it still is, that that a lot of chambers run mm-hmm. tourism offices and visitor right. centers and they give out maps and, and all of that sort of thing. Uh, and I did some of that when I was in Plymouth. Uh, here, not so much on the tourism side, mm-hmm. um, but we um, we are connected to the community. I, I often say that we were Google before Google. You know, when people wanted to, to know yeah. something about something, they would call the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we would get asked all kinds of questions uh, about crazy things. And so we were an information source, and, mm-hmm. and we still can be, not as much because of Google, uh, but but we still have that. But for us uh, here locally, it's uh, we're a connector. I think the biggest thing a chamber does is connect. And um, we have it in our tagline, connections at work. It's, it's connecting, number one, business to business. Mm-hmm. It's connecting business to the community. And it's connecting, in our case, business to the educate, to education, to the local schools. And often a voice for uh, businesses collectively, for legislative causes uh, like association healthcare, uh, like you know any kind of yeah. policies which can affect either positively or negatively the business community. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we always say that you know uh, the collective voice is, is better than than one voice. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we try to represent that that voice in numbers. In our case, we've got 500 members. So when we speak, we're not just speaking as one, we're speaking as, as 500 businesses and, right. and potentially thousands of employees. So uh, we, we can be a strong advocate that way. And a lot of times we'll partner with other chambers in the region or statewide mm-hmm. uh, to make our voice heard. We did that. A lot of that just last year in Massachusetts, there were a number of um, legislative decisions last year that could have had a very negative impact on business from um, from pay, paid family leave to minimum wage to um, a millionaire's tax. All of these things mm-hmm. uh, were piling up against business and the chambers of commerce and other employer organizations all came together and, and really got a seat at the table. And at the end of the day, a compromise was reached in, in, in which uh, some things got passed, but they weren't nearly as uh, negatively impacting business as they could have. Yeah. So can you describe the range of chamber members, meaning how big they are, how small they are, where, where they're located, specifically to the Neponset River region? Yeah, um, it, it's pretty broad and diverse. We have uh, major corporations like Analog Devices, Siemens, uh, and then we have people working out of their home, mm-hmm. um, you know, just with a home office or, or a, a single plumber or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Uh, so it's all, all manner of business that can be part of the organization. Most of them are smaller, I'd say, you know, 20 employees or fewer make mm-hmm. up the bulk of our members. Right. Um, but it's also important that we have the support of the larger companies too, because they've got more financial resources that they can use to support us. Uh, a lot of the banking institutions are strong financial supporters. So mm-hmm. uh, in, in a sense, you could say they subsidize the smaller folks, but we need them all. You know, they, they all need to, they all need to work with us so that we're all moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the challenges that, uh, business, large or small, might have that the chamber could help mitigate? Uh, boy, there's, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, it can be, can be something like a small company. We see a lot of small businesses where the folks, um, you know, I'll use a plumber again or, um, 
uh, whatever it might be. They, they're very good at what they do, but they're not necessarily great business people or don't know all the ins and outs of running a business. So the chamber can be a resource. To, we can connect them to uh, small business counseling services that are free. They can take advantage of. They can come right here to our, our office, meet with small business counselors. Uh, it doesn't cost them anything, and they can learn how to write a business plan, how to do a marketing plan, how to access capital, uh, whatever it might be. We can mm-hmm. help connect them to those kind of those kind of folks. We mm-hmm. do a number of educational programs throughout the year. Uh, some of the more popular stuff lately has been around social media. You know, how do I how do I get my business uh, to utilize social media in an effective way? You mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and make it work. And so we do a number of things around that. Getting them on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever it is, uh, they can they can pick that stuff up. Uh, human resource support is another. Again, small businesses that don't have an yeah. HR department. Right point. The, the rules and regulations change a lot. Um, this year in Massachusetts, they they are they are implementing paid family and medical leave. And for a lot of small businesses, they they don't know what that means. They don't know how to manage it, how to handle it. Um, so we've done programs on that so that they can be compliant. Because if they're not, they they can get in trouble. So mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different programs that we can offer them to help them stay out of trouble and uh, it, or grow their business, whatever it is. I've got a couple of listener questions uh, going back just a minute or two in the conversation. But how much does a board of directors member get involved with business? Uh that's a good one. It, it depends. You know, the board, um, they, they, they sort of, as I said, set direction. Sometimes they will take uh, policy positions. Mm-hmm. So uh, if there's an issue that we want to support or oppose, mm-hmm. uh, the board meeting is where we'll discuss the pros and cons of the issues and whether we're not, whether we should get involved and if we, and how much we should get involved. Mm-hmm. So recently in the town of Norwood, there was an override uh, vote and and a lot of times chambers will be sort of on the anti-tax side, more of the protect the businesses. But in this mm-hmm. case, we we believe that the override was in fact necessary for the town, uh, and we did support it. So you know we have those discussions, we take those positions, and then you know it's up to me to sort of uh, I'm the one who goes out there and, and waves the flag and say this is what we believe, or yeah. writes a letter to the editor or something like that. Um, but it's it's the board who's making that call. It's not me. And it's important for folks to understand the board of directors are made up of mem- chamber members, dues-paying members of the chamber who have been around a while, who want to contribute at a higher level, and maybe who have certain skill sets that could help run the chamber. That's right. And so they, they're elected to represent the membership. Mm-hmm. All right. One more question uh, from a listener. Are home offices more recognized these days? I think so. Yeah, I, I think they, they definitely are because, well, there's, there's more of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, one of the interesting things that a chamber offers for folks who are working out of home offices is a chance for them to get out of their home office, right. come to a, an event, right. a networking event, meet other people, uh, and just, you know, get a change of scene. as simple as a change of scenery sometimes. So um, they can get out, socialize a little bit, hopefully build their business at the same time. Um, but it's a nice opportunity for folks working at home to, to get out and about. So talk about some of those network opportunities. What, what do those look like? Yeah, we do a couple things every month. We, we try to uh, mix it up so that it's our networking opportunities are accessible to all of our members. So we change up the times of day. We do stuff at breakfast, we do stuff at lunch, and we do things uh, after hours. So mm-hmm. not everybody can make them all, but hopefully everybody can make one of those. 
and and then we do uh, structured networking where we put folks at a table and, and it's a facilitator who's at the table with them. Mm-hmm. And, and that person makes sure everybody at the table gets the opportunity to talk in depth about their business and that people ask each other questions about their business and what kind of customers they're looking for uh, and how they can help each other. Then on the after hours uh, events we do, those are, those are unstructured and more mm-hmm. social uh, usually with, you know, bear wine and some appetizers where people can work the room on their own. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, everyone's got different styles. And, right. and for one, sitting uh, at, a, at a table and being told when to talk and when not to talk might not work. Uh, and then there's other people who, you know, the last thing they would ever want to do is go to a, a cocktail reception and, and work the room on their own. Right. So we try to give them, you know, different opportunities and different structures so they can find what's most comfortable for them. Can you share some networking best practices? Yeah, I think um, I think a couple of things. Uh, one is you have to go. That's that's the first. Thing. Like I said, I used to hate. I used to hate going to them. Right. And uh, and, and I, I would be reticent when I was at the, the meetings. And, and now, of course, I'm an advocate for them. So you have to go. Uh, and I think you have to go consistently. Uh, you know, we see some folks who will show up once. Uh, and then we won't see him again, or we won't see him for six months. And yeah. they wonder why they're not getting uh, any traction. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're not consistent. People do business with people that they're comfortable with. Right. And if you if you can go on a consistent basis and folks get to know you, um, they're going to feel comfortable with you. And that's when they're going to use your service or refer you to somebody else. Yeah. So I think, I think that's really important. And then another one is uh, follow-up. You know, I think... Um, a lot of times what we'll do is after we have a networking lunch or a breakfast, we'll email the folks who came a list of all the other folks who were there. Mm-hmm. And that way they can use that to follow up. Now, of course, they probably collect business cards at all of these meetings, too. So they should already have that information. But we try to make it easy for them. And the idea then is that you reach out to the folks that you met and that you might have felt comfortable with or thought you would have a connection with uh, and then take it to the next step. So you got to be consistent and you got to follow up. Not, not unlike a lot of things in life, right? I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. So rumor has it you're a golfer. <laughs> uh, I'd say I play golf um, and, and to, to uh, not particularly well, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get better. Well, yeah. I, you've heard me say this, I think, but you can't really call what I do golf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But the reason I asked is. It's always been said that there's a lot of business that happens on a golf course. Talk about that. In fact, you had an example when yeah. we talked earlier. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I just uh, I was just out playing recently. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's good or bad, but my office is right next to a golf course, and so it's <laughs> easy uh, sometimes to slip out and, and play nine holes. Yeah. Uh, when it's not too busy, and you can you can do it quickly. Uh, so I went out recently and got paired up with another gentleman, and we got to talking. And it turns out that he works for a company uh, right near us that is uh, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And um, we happen to be currently planning our golf tournament for July. And um, we were I'm looking for restaurants to donate gift cards for our auction and raffle. And so we got to talking, and I said, gee, you know, um, would you be able to help us out with a, a donation? And he said, absolutely. So um, matter of fact, after this, I'm heading over to that restaurant to meet with the guy and uh, and get his uh, donation and, and maybe even talk to him about becoming a member of the chamber. So That's perfect. You That's never perfect. know. Never know. Uh, we're going to take another break right here. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We'll see you on the other side. 
You're listening to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan on W4CY Radio. That's W4CY.com. Don't go away. More helpful information is coming right up, right here on Winning Business Radio. Hi, this is Lindsay Schoolcraft with Cradle of Filth, and you're listening to W4CY Radio. Is your pet overweight? Suffer from itchy skin and coat problems? Showing signs of food allergies? Then do your pet a favor. Stop by Fiesta Pet Deli, South Florida's original and only fresh food deli for pets. Prepared daily and FDA approved with products like Bravo, Nature's Variety, and BioComplete. Listen, dogs and cats are carnivores. 90% of their diet should be meat. That dry kibble you put in their bowl every day contains less than half of what their bodies require. Veterinarian owned and operated, Fiesta Pet Deli has one mission, to get your pet as healthy as possible. Give them a call today at 954-971-2500 or come check out their new store at the Festival Flea Marketplace at Sample Road in the Turnpike in Pompano, Florida. They also offer free local delivery, shipping throughout the United States. Check out their website at www.realfoodforpets.com or just Google Fiesta Pet Deli. If you truly love your pet and care about their health, stop by Fiesta Pet Deli. Call today at 954-971-2500. This is Felix Griffin, drummer for MOD Classic. You're listening to W42Y Radio. Thank you so much. Have you ever dreamed of having your own radio show? Well, W4CY Radio makes dreams come true. You can be a radio personality on the number one ranked internet radio station in West Palm Beach, Florida. We can be heard in 105 countries and all U.S. states. Promote your business. Earn up to $10,000 per month and more. It's all up to you. Have fun and be heard. Call 561-506-4031. That's 561-506-4031. Start your radio show now. Now back to Winning Business Radio with Kevin Hallinan, presenting exciting topics and expert guests with one goal in mind, to help you succeed in business. Here once again is Kevin Hallinan. We're back with Tom O'Rourke, president of the Neponset River Regional Chamber of Commerce, that is. And Tom, while we were on break there, there was a listener question, what's the cost of chamber membership? Or actually, the question was, is there a cost? But go ahead. Uh, yeah, there is. And, uh, that's another question I get quite a bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we're a membership organization. Uh, the, uh, chamber is funded almost entirely by the business community mm-hmm. in the form of dues or, you know, events and, and sponsorships like that. So membership begins at $330 a year for mm-hmm. a company of, uh, I think one to five employees. And then depending on the size of the company, employee count uh it it goes up from there and we've got you know some of the larger companies paying several thousand dollars a year for membership sounds reasonable what what would you say to somebody who says you know they may be considering joining and they they might say gee that's a lot of money yeah i'd I'd say you know um without being flipped you you can't afford not to be a Mm. member i think Mm. uh you know i i think with what we offer uh in terms of the networking but you know a lot of folks join us for the networking. That's right. And, and they figure if I pay $330 a year and I get $350 in business back, 
then I made money and it was worth it. For sure. Um, and, and, and that's great and that happens a lot. But that's not all there is to it. We're also a community organization. And all the other things that we've talked about, our, our efforts around advocacy, working with the schools uh, to make sure that we have a prepared future workforce, uh, all those other things uh, that we do, we need. that's why we need members to support us so that we can continue to do that because everybody benefits. All businesses benefit from right. that. Right. So, you know, I, I look at the members who pay the dues and, and join the chamber as the ones who are supporting our mission mm -hmm. uh, and the ones who don't join are still getting the benefit for right. that. And, and, you know, and, and that's too bad. I, you know, it's something all chambers uh, struggle with is trying to get businesses to understand the value beyond just the simple transactional value. And there was a follow up uh, listener question. Why does the size of a company matter? Uh, yeah, it, that's a good question. And mm. it's kind of a, um, uh, a historical thing. It's kind of always been that way. And uh, it, a lot of folks call it fair share dues right. and, and figure that the bigger the company, because uh, any member, any employee at a company can participate in chamber activities. So the more employees you have, the more folks you can have get involved. So that that's part of it. Uh, and also because the larger companies uh, have the resources to be able to afford that. Right. And, and again, I mentioned, you know, a lot of banks will support us with not just membership, but sponsorship. Uh, and, and other companies like that will support with sponsorship, uh, which in effect subsidizes and allows those smaller businesses to join right. without having their rates be too exorbitant. Mm. Great answer. I want to talk about a couple of other accomplishments um, in your bio. It talk, well, in, in the information you sent, it said that one of only you're one of only about 400 or so people worldwide with the CCE designation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it uh, stands for Certified Chamber Executive, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it comes from the uh, National Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. Uh, they uh, have some very, uh, very strict and defined criteria uh, by which you get this designation. Uh, it involves a lot of work. Uh, you have to have a lot of involvement with the national organization. Mm -hmm. You have to have so many years in the business. Uh, you have to uh, basically almost put together like a thesis, a project about something that, that your chamber was involved in and that you had a big role in uh, and explain why you did it and how it worked, mm. uh, what was important about it. And then ultimately you go for an interview, you meet with a pan you get interviewed by a panel uh, of folks who, who already have that designation and mm -hmm. they ask you a lot of questions about your, your career and, and what you've done in the chamber world. And uh, it's almost like a body of knowledge, you know, if you can, yeah. You, you meet all that criteria, uh, then you get that certification. So it was it was important to me to get it um, because, you know, you're always trying to improve. You always want to be, be getting better at what you do, and, and it made me do that. Uh, it also benefited my chamber, I believe, uh, when, when I did that. And then, you know, and then selfishly, it, it can help you when you're looking for another job. Sure. You know, if, if you want to move on, um, folks look at that when they're hiring. And you also, congratulations, by the way, this was a while ago, but you received the National Award for Excellence from, if I can read this, the National Association for Membership Development. That was awesome. I know it was yeah. a while ago, but uh, it was basically, we were national champs, you yeah. know, in, in terms of, and, and it starts with membership development. So we had to gain so many new members over a period of time, but then they look at everything else that your chamber does uh, and, and what was important. 
that your chamber achieved that year in your category. So it's mm-hmm. we, there are three different categories based on the size of the community that you serve. And so for our size community, uh, we were recognized as, as number one in the nation that year. And it was quite an honor. And uh, we got to go to Palm Springs for a, a convention and, uh, and get recognized. And um, it was really cool. So contrary to popular belief, it wasn't swimsuit talent and something else, right? <laughs> no, it sounds like <laughs> wouldn't have a chance at that one. <laughs> no, that's that's an awesome thing. And then you also participated in a program, educational program, uh, IOM through, in your case, the University of Delaware. And I don't know you have a staff member that's at uh, University of Georgia now in the same program. Talk about that. Yeah, that's a really good program that the United States Chamber offers. It's a professional Mm -hmm. development program. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you go to a college for a week, uh, one week a year for four years. And it's very intense. It's it's a nine to five day in the classroom. Mm. Uh, It's not a conference. It's not a convention. It's not that's not a fun thing. it's it's classwork and you you read books before you go and then you have um, different instructors while you're there uh, but you're in a class of about 30 other chamber professionals so you get to interact with them and build and build your network um, but it's really uh, a really strong program after four uh, after the four years of, of one week you you get the designation from the US Chamber and yeah I, I did it a few years back but um, our uh, our office and financial manager, uh, approached me a few months ago and asked if she could do it. And I said, absolutely. I thought it was great that she wanted to do it. Yeah. And I, I was happy to, to support her and, and let her go. So she's just starting the program today as we speak. That's fantastic. So talk about, uh, I have a few more questions actually about the NRCC specifically. Uh, the chamber recently underwent a re- rebrand from Neponset Valley Chamber of Commerce to Neponset River Regional Chamber. Talk about that. What, what's the why behind that? Yeah, so uh, we're celebrating our 125th year in business mm-hmm. this year. The chamber started in 1894, and uh, with with the anniversary, we thought it might be time for a fresh look and a rebrand, mm-hmm. uh, which we needed. So we started looking, you know, rebrand the logo, uh, get a new website that's more up to date and in uh, contemporary. Uh, but then the discussion also led to the name. You know, do we want to consider a, a name change? Mm-hmm. And for us, and uh, you know, I know if you're not local, you don't you, you, you don't know this, but the Neponset Valley uh, isn't really much of a valley. Yeah. <laughs> there are no mountains and hills around here, uh, but there is a river that runs through the communities, and um, and the river literally cuts through and connects all the communities that we serve. So I mentioned earlier that we're a connector. The mm-hmm. river is also a connector. Yeah. Uh, and also important, the also the other important thing about the river is that uh, that's where business started in these communities. Uh, you know, 200 years ago, you had right. a lot of mills right. uh, that that were developed along the river, and they used the river to power the mills. And so it's got a, a great connection to business and, and connects the community. So we thought, you know, that might be a better identifier um, for for where we are than the valley, because uh, you know, I'm always. I was always getting asked, "Where? What is the Neponset Valley? Where is the valley?" And yeah. uh, it was hard to answer. But everybody knows about the river. And so, the t- 125th anniversary—that's awesome. Um, what's in store for celebrations? In fact, there's something in the fall. Yeah, we're going to do a big, uh, a big event in the fall. Um, where we're going to invite the community, the, the members of the chamber, local and state officials to come out and, uh, and, and just have a fun night. It's not, there's not going to be a formal speaking program. Uh, we've invited the governor, obviously, if he comes, we'll let him say a few words, but, um, 
Beyond that, uh, it's a celebration. Uh, it'll be cocktails, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and mm-hmm. chance for people to get together. We're putting, we're working with the local technical high school uh, to put together some display boards uh, showing the history, visually showing the history of the chamber over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well, they're also doing a video for us, uh, sort of describing the history of the chamber over the years. So that's going to be really nice. The other really important thing about it is uh, we're holding it at the Paul Revere Heritage Site. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about this. This is a really cool spot. Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, it's a site in Canton, which is one of the towns in our our footprint. And it's where Paul Revere, everyone knows about Paul Revere's ride and, and the role he played in, in the American Revolution. But what mm-hmm. a lot of folks may not know is that after that, he, well, he was a silversmith. He moved his, um, his business out to Canton, and he started up a copper rolling mill uh, in Canton. He had a copper rolling mill there for decades, and his family continued it beyond him. That site is now being preserved, and they're taking the original copper rolling mill, uh, turning it into a restaurant, mm-hmm. and they've, they've got public green space around it, and they're going to have a, a museum there as well, sort of a, a technological technology museum showing the, the advances in technology uh, in this region over the years. So it's, it's really going to be a special site. And again, it ties in with the river uh, and, the, and the business history of this region. So it's, it's really uh, nice that we're going to be able to be there. I think we're going to be the, the actually the first event uh, that uses the site in its in its new condition. And what I thought was neat about it is yes, it's Paul Revere, but as you said, it's the it's the business, commerce, innovation part that we don't hear a lot about of Paul Revere's life versus him he is him as a patriot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really it really ties in nicely. Yeah. And you might as well pitch this or or uh, yeah, go ahead. I understand there's a golf tournament, the annual chamber golf tournament coming up. Anybody that's local, I want them to hear about this. <laughs> Yeah, if you're local, join us. It's at Blue Hill Country Club, mm-hmm. uh, which is a private and, and really, <clears throat> excuse me, really nice golf course uh, that a lot of folks don't otherwise get to play. And it's going to be on July 29th uh, with a 12 o'clock uh, shotgun start. And we're really looking forward to it. It's always a nice event and, and a good chance for folks to get out and, and, and see each other and work together. Quick listener question. Are the events free? Some are, uh, some are not. It really depends on whether there's food. Uh, usually if there's food involved, uh, we have a nominal fee to cover the, the expenses of the food. A lot of the seminars uh, are free, uh, but, but the you know networking lunch or breakfast, uh, 20 bucks and after hours might be $10, uh, depending on where it's held. Excellent. Um, all right, I want to get more to you as an individual now. And I, ask, I try to ask every guest this question. What's the, as you think back over your career, what is one of the most impactful mistakes you may recall having made? You know, I, I think it, it, it's kind of timely because right now we're doing a membership campaign with mm-hmm. the chamber. We're inviting new members to join. And one of the things we do when we do that is we're offering them all sorts of incentives. Mm-hmm. You know, if you join now, you get a free after hours, you get a free lunch and uh, you get a free video uh, to promote your business. It, 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 a lot of these things, it adds up to about a thousand dollars worth of free wow. benefits. And so we're saying there's a thousand reasons to join. Uh, and that's great for the new members. But sometimes I think, and I've been told um, by some members, you know, I've been a loyal member for 30 years. Uh, what do I get? You know, mm. and, and I think that's a great question. And I think yeah. it's something we need to look at and say, you know, it's nice to offer incentives to your new members because you want to get them to join. Um, 
But don't forget about the members who've been supporting you all those years along. And I yeah. think we need to do a better job of recognizing those folks and thanking them and, and maybe offering, throwing some incentives their way yeah. um, because yeah. they've been with us all along. Great point. Good insight. What's one of the best decisions you feel you've made along the way? Other than marrying Jean. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that was a great one. And um, one of the, I'd say one of the ones was um, when I was in Newton at the mm-hmm. Newton Needham Chamber. And this was one of the things I did to help get my CCE. The project I worked on was we, we formed an environmental committee. Mm-hmm. And Newton's a very progressive, um, even liberal community. Um, we were able to, to bring folks together to recognize that, you know, the environment was important to business, not just to citizens in general, but right. businesses need to, needed to consider the environment and their practices. And so we got a, some good folks together and we worked to put this group together and we ended up doing a, uh, an environmental business expo. And mm-hmm. so we had all sorts of businesses come together uh, that had products and services that could help companies go green, uh, whether it was, you know, solar panels or, thermodynamic um, energy projects, uh, all sorts of different things. And then we recognized some with some awards at, at a luncheon that we held uh, for those that were doing the right thing by the environment. And yeah. it was really successful. And uh, and they still have it today. It's still, it's still going on uh, since I've left there. And I'm glad to see that. Um, that I thought that was something that, that kind of took us a little bit outside of our usual box uh, yeah. as a business organization uh, and, and appealed to a lot of people. That's great. Hey, we are out of time. I've really enjoyed having you on the show, Tom. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have questions about chambers in general, more specifically, if they might want to join the Deposit River Regional? Yeah, the easiest thing to do is to go to the website, which is nrrchamber.com, mm-hmm. uh, or we're at 781-769-1126. Okay. But all the information's on the website. nrrc.com nrr chamber Ambar, I, i've done that's the second time i did it earlier when we talked <laughs> nrr chamber.com perfect i won't do that again thank you again and thanks everybody for listening this is a show about business and business challenges if you've got concerns about the growth of your company feel free to reach out to me on facebook or linkedin at winning business radio or drop me a note kevin at winning business Thank you, as always, to the hardest-working engineer in radio. That's Rebel Medler. Tune in again next Monday, July 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern. My guest will be David Foster, managing partner of John T. Chipman and Company CPAs. Until then, this is Kevin Hallinan. You've been listening to Winning Business Radio with your host, Kevin Hallinan. If you missed any part of this episode, the podcast is available on Talk 4 Podcasting and iHeartRadio. For more information and questions, go to winningbusinessradio.com or check us out on social media. Tune in again next week and every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time to listen live to Winning Business Radio on W4CY Radio, W4CY.com. Until then, let's succeed where others have failed and win in business with Kevin Hallinan and Winning Business Radio.